things weren't so good in my life. I, uh, <laughs> and by that, I don't mean, you know, that I was without. The Lord always provides and gives. But there was a time in my relationship with my wife that, you know, we were at odds. And uh, it just, it drove a lot of emotions and things out of me in my, in my younger years. I, uh, things I couldn't control sometimes. And I, uh, I remember, you know, always just pursuing her. Uh, trying to find that place of, uh, I don't know, uh, fulfillment, you know. Uh, in my relationship with her and uh, as I was praying downstairs you know there was an intimacy there of the Lord and I I see this over and over you know a pattern in the Bible you know of God's people coming in the presence of God and having that place of intimacy with him. The Bible says that the Lord, he is not only a consuming fire, but he is a jealous God. Uh, the Lord took me to this verse here in First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse uh, tw uh, 22. And here uh, Paul's exhorting the church of Corinth and he's telling them, he's saying, he's saying, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak to you. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than him? Jealousy is a strong uh, emotion. Amen. Thank you, Elder. And it's one that we can't control. He can because his jealousy is for us out of love and care because he wants the best for us. He seeks the best for you always. But he desires that pure and genuine love, that intimacy and that worship, that when you come into his presence, that you will yield yourself to him. The abundance of your heart, the true love that flows out of it, a pure love and motive towards him. This is what he desires this is why when Elisha gathered all the people of Israel there on Mount Carmel, the Lord was a consuming fire and he took that, licked up all that water and everything out of that altar so that they would know that he is their God and that he cares and loves for them. As you worship this morning, I want you to search in your heart. 
and know that you're in the presence of God. And let that pure love flow out of you. Not of my thoughts, Lord God. Not of my ways, Father. Not of what I would think, Lord God. <laughs> but, Father, that pure worship unto you, Lord God. Father, I am not stronger than you. Hallelujah. Father, that when I would come before you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Talk to him right there where you're at. He cares for you. Hallelujah. You are a caring Lord. I worship you. Let us not provoke you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let us worship you this morning. Hallelujah. Just continue to worship right there where you're at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We love you. Hallelujah. We love you. Hallelujah. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. When the music fades. And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to see Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. 
It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. I give you my heart in praise and in worship today. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we make this all about him today? Lord, I'm sorry for making it anything more than all about you. I'm coming back to the reason and the heart of worship for you and you alone, oh God. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we lift up our worship to him today? The only one who deserves it. It's all about you. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's all about you, oh God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Jesus' name. Man, before we go into this next song, can we do something real quick? Can we just clap our hands and rejoice and thank him today? Amen. He is worthy of all of our praise. We make a joyful noise unto you today, oh God. We love you and praise you and magnify you, oh God. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Blessed be your name. Lord, I'm thankful to worship you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. Again, I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Bless his name, bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Let everybody come in. Bless his name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare, I've come to bless your name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. 
you are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare, you are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. You are holy. You are righteous. You are magnificent. You are victorious. You are mighty. You are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. You are holy. You are righteous. You are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare, I've come to bless your name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare, I've come to bless your name. Bless his name, bless his name, let everybody come and bless his name, bless his name, bless his name, let everybody come and bless his name, bless his name, bless his name, let everybody come and bless his name, you are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty. You are omnipotent, there is none that can compare. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. Hallelujah, Jesus, I bless your name. There's some of you here, you said, if he'll sing that one more time, I'm going to begin to dance before the Lord. There is a worship that's trying to break out of your spirit. If you're waiting on permission, I'm not trying to create something, but if you're waiting on permission, there is liberty in the house of the Lord. There is liberty in the house of the Lord. That song says, you are mighty. You are righteous. You are victorious. We're worshiping the living God today. Hallelujah. 
You are holy. You are righteous. You are magnificent. You are victorious. You are mighty. You are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. You are holy. You are righteous. You are magnificent. You are victorious. You are mighty. You are omnipotent. There is none that can compare. I've come to bless your name. his name bless his name let everybody come and bless his name bless his name bless his name let everybody come and bless his name bless his name bless his name let everybody come and bless his name bless his name bless his name let everybody come and bless his name I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare. You are holy, you are righteous, you are magnificent, you are victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare. I've come to Bless your name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Let everybody come and bless his name. and I shout and I worship you, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus. You are liberty today, Father. You are joy in our peace. You are strength in our hope today. Thank you for liberty today, Father. Thank you for joy and peace today. We worship and exalt you because you are worthy. And it is you, Father, who does the work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to call a couple of ushers up front, please. Praise God. Praise God. God is good. I remember a time when I had no liberty. My arms were to my side. I had no liberty, I had no joy, and I had no peace. But God, who is liberty, he is peace, and when it begins to flow through, you cannot control it. You will jump, and you will shout to the name of Jesus, because he is mighty, he is victorious, and he is powerful. That's what he is. Can we continue to worship him with our tithes and our offerings this morning? As we pray and go forward in worship, let's lift our hands to him at this moment and let's begin to pray. Lord Jesus, we worship you today, Father, because you are good to us, Jesus. We worship you today because you are faithful, Jesus. I want to be obedient to you, my God. I want to be faithful to you in all things, Jesus. Even in the little things that I have today, God. I want to be faithful to you, Jesus. Because I trust you today. And you are good to us today. Because you are holy. You are righteous and your word is true, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon your people according to your will and according to your purpose and your plan, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, God almighty, I will lift you up and magnify your name. Holy, holy, God Almighty, I will lift you up and magnify your name. Jesus is the Holy One, the righteous Son of God. The first, the last, the great I am. The work has just begun. King of Zion, Judah's lion, Prince of Peace is he. He's Alpha and Omega, soon and coming King. Can't stop praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop praising his name, I just can't stop praising his name, I just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Jesus is the Holy One. Jesus is the Holy One, the righteous Son of God. The first, the last, the great I am. The work has just begun. King of Zion, Judah's lion, Prince of Peace is he. He's Alpha and Omega, soon and coming King. Can't stop 
Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Jesus is the Holy One, the righteous Son of God. The first, the last, the great I am. The work has just begun. He's King of Zion, Judah's a lion. Prince of peace is he. Oh, he's Alpha and Omega. Soon and coming King. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm remembering some days ago when I was younger. And um, every once in a while, worship would just take over. And uh, not so much anymore, but back in the day when I was a kid was when ladies all wore their hair up. Some of you old enough to remember that when they wore the hair up on top of their head. They would pull it. Now, not, I wasn't, I'm not old enough to remember when they put oatmeal boxes in it, but my aunts told me about it and showed me pictures <laughs> to make it go way up. They would do it. and They'd wrap their hair up around it so it would be high. But. But they would always put their hair up on their head. And worship would break out. And these ladies would start dancing and shouting in the altar. Men would be running and jumping. The Spirit of the Lord would be moving in the house of God. And there would be bobby pins going everywhere. <laughs> and I remember... I remember as a child... My mom, every once in a while, the Spirit of the Lord would move like that. My mom would begin to dance and worship. And I'm going to be transparent. I'd get embarrassed. I'd get embarrassed, not because she was dancing, because everybody else was too. But my mom lived through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Had a lot of stuff she dealt with day to day, but would She'd come into the house of the Lord, the spirit of worship. The scripture says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. 
and I, I'm old enough now to realize what was happening as she was starting to worship and all the weight that she carried, all the burdens of life, all the pain. When she got in the presence of the Lord, it seemed like it just left. And my mom would begin dancing, and I don't know why this was her thing, but somewhere along the way, she would, I'd know I wouldn't have to see her. I'd just start hearing her. I think everybody heard her. My mom, it sounded like a siren coming. My mom would just go, Ooh! something would come over her. And it would come out of her mouth like that. And it'd go down again and it would come again. It would well up from her innermost being. And I'd hear her just go, she was, she was lost in worship. She was dancing and that would just keep flowing. And as a child, I'd be so embarrassed. But I realize now it was joy unspeakable. I would that some of you would just open your mouth and let your voice out to him. Yes, hallelujah. Not for anybody else, but he alone is worthy of my worship. I am not ashamed to worship you. It is you that gives me strength. It is you that has rescued me from sin. It is you that shed your blood to rescue me and purchase me. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 to you alone Jesus we worship you we worship you praise the name of Jesus praise the name of Jesus praise the name of Jesus my, my, my. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is liberty in him. In him. There is victory in your praise. There may not be victory before your praise, but when you begin to praise and you begin to worship, the power of the Lord begins to minister and work. There's something that happens when praise like it is right now flows out of your spirit and your life. It moves the throne of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ma, ma, ma. Itabaye koto robo shiti ataha. Ila matahaye kiti atahaya. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it really is all about him right now. It's all about him right now. As it should be, we worship you. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. If you're breathing, you ought to be praising. If you're breathing, there should be praise flowing out of your mouth. He's created us for this purpose. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you, O oh God. 
Not because I'm anything, but because you are everything. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I reflect again as a young person when the Spirit of the Lord would begin to move and worship would take over. I remember times where we would worship an hour, an hour and a half. There was no more songs being sung. Somebody might have been. Every once in a while, I remember every once in a while the the one playing the organ or the piano, Sister Thornton was my pastor when I was a teenager, my pastor and his wife. Every once in a while, she'd have all she could take. She'd done all she could do to just stay there at that keyboard. Everybody else worshiping, she's leading and worship from the keyboard. She decided enough's enough. She'd get up off that piano. She'd come down the platform. She'd get down front and she'd just start dancing before the Lord. The scripture says David danced before the Lord with all his yes. might. Micah, she wasn't spiritual. His wife, she looked on him and she, she said, didn't the king make a fool of himself today? That tells you what he looked like to the natural eye. See what David did, though, before he danced before the Lord. He took off his kingly robe. He said, I'm dancing before the true king. And I'm not coming as a king. I'm coming as a servant. He took off his kingly garments. He girded himself with an ephod. And he began to dance before the Lord with all of his might. I thank God for the privilege of worship today. You understand, it's not about how demonstrative you are. We're not trying to produce some response. But I want to tell you. When the Lord has done something for you, it's hard to just go, Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful, Lord. God bless you. Um, there's something that wells up inside of you. Is that how you praise your children when they do something well? Good job, honey. I'm proud of you. Your kid goes, Really? That's it? No, we understand praise when we, we want to show praise. There's... That's what happens. Again, I'm not trying to produce. I want you to understand what you're experiencing this morning. You may be going, man, are these people crazy? What's going on? They're jumping, dancing. What, what, what is that? It's scriptural. It's scriptural. It's scriptural. Praise is in our human nature. You're going to praise something. You're going to praise someone. Why do human beings go to football games and act crazy? It's in the human nature to praise. It's in the human nature. You say, well, it's not in my nature. You let God deliver you from your sin and fill you with your spirit and put his nature in you. It'll be in your nature. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for leading us in worship today. You can be seated if you'd like to this morning. I want to take a minute before we go into the Word, before we dismiss classes and all that stuff. There has been, boy, this, this week gives new meaning to the term a busy week. Anybody say amen? amen? It has been a busy 
week in a good way. Now, our goal is not to be busy just to be busy. Our goal is not to fill the calendar just to say we fill the calendar. We want to be doing the things that God would have us to do. That's important for all of us individually and collectively. But this week has been a busy week. And I thank God for that. I have witnessed throughout this week just tremendous tremendous unity and ministry from the body. And it has just blessed my life more than you know, watching so many hands in the work. And uh, it has been, Brother Joey can't be here today. He's taking care of a kid with a tummy that, that's his words. He said some tummies aren't quite right. And so, uh, but Sister Stephanie is here. And we so appreciate Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie, don't we? Amen. Yeah, that's right. I think it's worthwhile. They, if you have children, you, you should really, 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 really appreciate them. And uh, week in and week out, week in and week out. If I were to take a poll and say, how many of you would be willing to, for the last 15 months, be out of the sanctuary every Sunday and be downstairs taking care of the kids and teaching them? How many of you would be willing to raise your hand and say, oh, yeah, I'll do that every week and not be in the sanctuary for a year? Yeah. I'm talking about a commitment to ministry. And we have witnessed that, not just the last year, but for a, uh, I, don't, I don't want to try to put a number on, I can't remember how many years now. They're getting old. But, uh, not me, but, but I so appreciate Brother Joey and Sister Stephanie. And VBS this past week was just beautiful to see and to witness. There were many hands involved. We'll probably take a minute about that. But I want to say to Sister Stephanie and Brother Joey, who's not here, she'll have to relay it to him. Uh, thank you so very, very much. Uh, the heart, the desire, the burden of God to minister to our children, we will see it in years to come. Every time I get to go back to Arkansas, I go back and I hug my first Sunday school teacher. She's still living. She's right at 90 years old now almost. And every time I go back, I go up and hug her. I'll never forget, some of you heard this story, when I was just four years old, was the first time I witnessed my 18-month older sister under the presence and the power of God weeping in the altar. I was four years old. Did I say four months? Four years. If I said four months, I didn't mean that. I was four years old, and I my 18-month older sister was in the altar praying and weeping, and I, I didn't know what was going on at four years old. And Sister Ina, my Sunday school teacher, I, I don't know why this is so marked in my spirit. She was sitting there on the front row, row had me sitting on her lap. And she was, I remember her telling me, oh, it's okay, Joey. They call me Joey then. It's okay, Joey. It's just the Spirit of God touching her. That's this, and her telling me that there's a four-year-old child. And... She tells me now every time I go home, when I die, I want you to come back and preach my funeral. When I die, and I'm like, it would be my greatest honor. She was a Sunday school teacher, my first Sunday school teacher that invested in my life as a child. There's eternal things done downstairs each week. 
They're not babysitting. They're investing the word of God in our children. So, Brother Joey, Sister Stephanie, thank you. Sister Stephanie, would you come? We have a small token of appreciation for you, and I'm going to let you take some time as well, I know. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. I'll do your will. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Praise the Lord. God bless you, church. Um, we had an amazing, amazing it feels like a whole week, but it was just three days. But we had an amazing time with the children this last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And as you all know, we had them for about two and a half hours. And during that time, we had 25 to 27 children with us experiencing and making discoveries while they played games, made crafts, ate snacks. Um, we listened to God's word, watched skits, and even went through some uh, pretty cool object lessons. So um, they had an incredible time. Um, but none of that would have been possible if we didn't have the willingness and the help that stepped up. You, know, you almost made me cry when I came up here. Um, Elder Hart shared how impactful that is to our children. And my mom brought home this letter this last weekend. Um, it was from 2000. And it was a letter from my grandma, who's passed now. And um, I remember I had written her to tell her and ask her about family history. And I remember receiving this letter and being so disappointed because when I got it, she, she mentioned a few things that I didn't think were relevant. And then she put a picture of my mom and dad in there. And I thought, okay, well, that's nice. I have pictures of them, but okay. Um, but, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but my mom pulled it out of her box of pictures this weekend after VBS. And I began to read it out loud. And it touched my heart. She said, uh, she said, I'm going to paraphrase because she was, um, better with her words than I am. But she talked about, as she read my letter, that it brought a thought into her mind of when 32 years from the letter, the church had asked her to do Sunday school with two-year-olds. And how at first she was kind of taken back because she didn't know how to teach other people's children but her own. And it was a little daunting to think about having to go and sit in front of all these wonderful little babes and to get them to sit still and to listen and actually receive of God's word. But how determined she was and that she got her little packet out, she got the Bible out, and she determined herself to go and sit in front of them. And, and as she did week in and week out, <laughs> she said that not all times were successful, she felt, in her mind. Maybe she didn't think this letter was successful. It just was God's timing. But, but she said that they taught her more about love and trust than she would have ever received probably out in the sanctuary. And that's what it is. In children's ministry, you know, we have this responsibility to kids to, to instill in them God's word, that they can grow and instill in their children God's word, God's truth, the passion and the fire burning in our hearts. We have this to, to kind of pass on to them, that torch. But we also have responsibility to look into their lives and learn too. The love and the trust that they have is the same love and trust that God's asking from us. 
And so I'm thankful. So first of all, thank you for allowing my husband and I and trusting us to sit down there with your children and to share that time because I feel like there's times that we get more out of it. Maybe they do. Um, I digress. <laughs> Going with VBS, again, we had an amazing time, but it wouldn't have been possible. This year, look at my stack. <laughs> this year, we had an overwhelming amount of individuals just, how can we help you? Where can we fit in? And it wasn't exactly, I think Elder had talked about and said, hey, just go to them and just say, hey, I'm, I'm available. And that's what happened. And so I want to take time and, and, and thank you for that because um, it just it just wouldn't have been what it was without it. And God really has blessed each of you with giftings and talents that are used in his kingdom for the raising up of his kingdom. Um, this is not in order, and I don't know if you want me to bring them all up and just, sure. okay. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm taking more time. He's all, come on, get downstairs. <laughs> all right, if you, helped, <laughs> if you helped with VBS, can you come and step on this platform right here or just right in front so everybody can see you? I will call you out if you don't come up front. Um, it's just what it is. <laughs> I'll tell you if you're missing or not. Yeah, she's looking back there. Jerry, you're up here too, sir. Very good. I'm trying to scan over. Look at them. Aren't they wonderful, beautiful people? Thank you. We just have a small token of our gratitude to you because um, my grandma wasn't wrong. There can be sometimes just an overwhelming like, oh, it's just, it could be pressure. But you know what? This week, we didn't feel it. It is the unity, and you guys had, were with us, and you had our back, and together we were able to reflect God's love for, for the children and to the children. So thank you. I will come and, and give you your um, envelopes. Praise God. Can we give them another hand as she's passing that out? Amen. Many hands make. Yes, those that ran water back and forth, gave bottles of water, made food, all those things. So many people. And you might say, man, there's like one adult for every kid. Well, not really, but I'm telling you, there were crafts going on downstairs. There were activities going on outside. There was, t we were going to have a nice slideshow for you, but we just couldn't pull it all together here this morning. But what a what a tremendous three days. And, and you may look and say, man, just three days, two hours each day. It's only six or seven hours. I'm telling you, there's a ton of work on the front end and on the back end. These people stayed after and set up for the next day, clean work. Thank you all so much for investing in our children. <laughs> Praise God. So, so thankful. So thankful. Praise God. I, like I said, it's been a busy week, and I thank God for that. It's beautiful to see hands involved in the work of the kingdom. Amen? And the scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Right? And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all as unto the Lord. Amen? Friday night, we had a, a youth event for our young people in Haifa, and I so appreciate the Escaleras and the Santos 
they made themselves available and were here opening early, getting things ready, preparing and caring, serving our young people for a time of ministry. Thank you all. There's, there's stuff happening going on, and there's places to be engaged on Friday or on Saturday morning, as all the men know. Uh, Brother Joel was so gracious. He says, oh, a lot of people help, but Brother Joel does the most work. He gets grills loaded in his truck, piles all this stuff. And Sister Annie, she doesn't come, but she's, she has her list. She's making salsa. She's chopping stuff up, getting it ready for men's prayer. So Brother Joel and Sister Annie, thank you for investing. Amen. It's the work of the kingdom. It's the work of the kingdom. It's the work of the kingdom. You understand, I'm not talking about busy work. I'm talking about the work of the kingdom. What a privilege, and I'm telling you, my heart was just full. Seeing VBS, seeing these events Friday night, seeing the deal Saturday, just seeing so many hands involved in the work of the kingdom. And I thought, Lord, I didn't do anything to deserve this, but it's beautiful to see so many engaged in the work. Thank you for having a mind to work. Amen. And I promise you, as you know already, there's nothing more rewarding than the labor in the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, I'm going to dismiss Sister Stephanie <laughs> to class, and uh, we'll give it a moment. We'll dismiss the children. But I was hearing those stories, and I was remembering What at the time seemed foolishness to me when my pastor, when I was 18 years old, Brother Thornton, came to me and said, I think I'd like you to teach the young men's Sunday school class. I'm like, man, this is crazy. They're desperate. (laughs) And so at 18 years old, I began teaching 10, 11, and 12-year-old boys. Can you imagine turning your 10, 11, or 12-year-old son over to an 18-year-old to teach him every week? Precious Lord. And uh, what a privilege that was. One of those boys ended up marrying my baby sister some years later. And there's rarely a time when I'm together with my younger brother-in-law that he doesn't remind me about something I taught in that class And I always have the same response for him. I said, if I'd known you were going to marry my sister, I'd have taught you a few more things. (laughs) But my wife and I, I remember we got married. We hadn't been married very long. And I don't know what age we taught then, maybe 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds. Man, we had some wild ones in that class, let me tell you. I remember teaching those 9- and 10-year-olds. We had my brother-in-law's younger brother. He was a wild one, let me tell you. So, so the wild kids abound sometimes, but uh, some of my favorite memories are the years the Lord allowed me to have the privilege of teaching Sunday school. I'm so thankful for those times. And so I was just, I was, I get in trouble calling names, but I was sitting in the, clo- we'd always have a closing session at VBS those days, And I got to watch Sister Jasmine teach for a segment of time in each of those sessions. I thought, man, she's a pretty good teacher. And I was marked by the simplicity again of the gospel. 
Bible said, if you have, unless you have faith like a child, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God. I want childlike faith, don't you? They hear it, they believe it, they receive it. And I appreciated witnessing all of that this week. Thank you all. Thank you all. I'm going to dismiss the children ages 4 to 11 to their classroom. You can go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you grab your Bible with me this morning? I'm sure the Lord has something to say to us. And I am believing for his empowerment to be out of the way so he can do so. Amen. Please go with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis. Book of Genesis. I was asked a few times this last week, and it came up, I think, about four or five times. My favorite book in Scripture. That's always a tough question. And, uh, but I really love the book of Genesis. It is it's probably the one I would, if I had to choose, would say it's my favorite for so many reasons. But it is the book of beginnings, not just the beginning of time. Genesis is the beginning of so many, many principles of the Word of God. And there are things... I, I marvel at how many times I may be reading or studying or the Lord begins dealing with me in an area and I'm somewhere in the New Testament, the Gospels, Paul's letters, and I'm reading. And as I begin digging, the Lord begins leading, I find myself back in Genesis. It's the book of beginnings. There are so many, so many precious things in this word, aren't there? I'm thankful for the word of God today. <clears throat> so bear with me this morning. I pray the Lord would talk with us. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter 1. Shouldn't take anybody long to find that one. It's always fun when somebody says, I'd like to go to the book of Jonah chapter 2. And I was like, I know that's in there somewhere. but You can turn right past it and not know it. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And God said, would you say those three words with me? And God said, do you think this matters? Do you think this is important? And God said. What did God say? Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them, that's man, let them have dominion. Say those four words with me. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Everybody say, all the earth. All the earth. Who said that? God said that. This is the plan of God. Man didn't say it. God said it. God said, let them have dominion over these things and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So, verse 27, 
God created man in his image. I know it says own there. Own's an added word, but that's okay. So God created man in his own image. You and I are created in the image of God. Nothing else he created is created in his image. If you read earlier in Scripture, verse 25, he talks about he created cattle after his kind and beast after this kind. And, but man, he didn't create after his own kind. Man, he created you and I in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Why? We'll get there. God does everything with purpose. Do you believe that? He doesn't do anything just because. Everything he does, he does with a predetermined purpose. Why? Because God is not bound by time like you and I are bound by time. God is ever-existent. The scripture says he is from everlasting to everlasting. God doesn't know beginning. God does not know end. He just is. That's why he declared to Moses, I am that I am. He didn't begin to exist. He won't cease to exist. He exists. He's God. He's I am. And so when he does something, he already knows why he's doing it. He's, <clears throat> excuse me. He knows the end from the beginning because he exists at the end already. Now, we can't wrap our human mind around that. But we need to recognize in Genesis 1... When he made mankind in his image, he already had a reason for doing so. He already had a purpose for doing so. It wasn't just because God thought, man, that's a good idea. That's why we do stuff sometimes. And then sometimes we look back and go, oh, man, that wasn't a good idea. That doesn't happen with God. When God does something, he does it with purpose, with a plan in mind. He knows why he's doing it. He knows why he's doing it when he's doing it. He knows the purpose for it and what it will be. He knows the intended outcome. He knows it all, and he does it all with purpose. And so when he created you and I, he created us in his image with a purpose. When God said, let us have dominion, it was with purpose. Verse 27, so God created man in his image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I want to post that on social media everywhere. It doesn't change. God's not confused about pronouns. We're going to move on. I'm not going to meddle, but it's in the Word. Verse 28. And God, watch, watch. This every word of God is so precious. He created man in his image, male and female, and God blessed them. Now watch. And God said, say that with me. And God said, so here it is again. God said it, does it matter? It matters. Watch what God said. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, 
replenish the earth, subdue it. Four things. Fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. And, just in case you forgot why he did what he did, he said it to them. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. What God did in the beginning with man, he is wanting us to understand today. Because what he did then was because of what he wants to do now. I'm going to say that again. What God did then is because of what he wants to do now. Would you pray with me one more time? And could we ask the living God to anoint our ears and our mind and our spirit and to bring this day, Lord Jesus, I pray, revelation and understanding in the knowledge of you. I pray divine impartation by this, your holy word and your spirit, O oh God. Let that which you desire to speak be spoken without hindrance by humanity. I pray a pure flow, the anointing that comes from you. I pray that anointing today upon lips of clay, upon ears, upon the mind, upon the heart. A quickening of the Holy Ghost, a revealing and an understanding that comes from you of why you did this and your plan even now in this hour in 2021. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you, Lord. And everybody said amen. You were created in his image. I was created in his image. We were created to have dominion over all the earth. We were created to be fruitful. We were created to be fruitful. We were created to be fruitful. We were created to multiply. We were created to replenish the earth. And we were created to subdue the earth. And we were created to have dominion in the earth. Now, this has come up a few times in the last few weeks, so you should know the answer. When God does something, is it a natural work or a spiritual work? Spiritual. It may have natural effects. It may affect the natural. But anytime God does something, he is doing a spiritual work. And so when God speaks, he is speaking spirit. We understand this, right? The utterance of God is the living word of God. It's the reason John in John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. We see the utterance of God. We see it in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Those first few verses, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. It was the word of God alive going forth and accomplishing something. And so when God said these things that we read in verses 26 through 28, they were not something he spoke for a temporary season as long as Adam and Eve were in the garden. 
need you to hear that. These were not something he spoke for a temporary season as long as Adam and Eve were in the garden. This was the plan of God for mankind. He declared it here. Now the challenge for you and I is we need the Spirit of God and the Word of God to move us out of the natural into the spiritual. We need His Word and His Spirit to take these things and do a work in us so that we recognize what He was saying in the spiritual to us. Because He did this for now. Now we understand, of course, we won't take the time today We understand that Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden because they violated the word of God. They rebelled against God, therefore they were put out of the garden. And so therefore they lost dominion. They lost dominion because they gave it up to the God of this world. As long as they stayed submitted to the living God, didn't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were submitted to the authority of God, therefore they could operate in the dominion of God. Dominion, the kingdom, the king's dominion. But the moment they chose to disobey God, they gave themselves over to obeying the serpent, the God of this world, when he said, take and eat. They obeyed the God of this world rather than the God that created them, the living God, the one true God. And so when they did that, they gave up dominion. You with me? We're going to get somewhere, and I'm trying to get there in a hurry, but this is important. They gave up dominion. That does not mean the word of God changed. It just means man stepped outside of the plan of God. You with me? But God's word is still true. He made man in his image with a purpose. He planned for man to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it, and to have dominion. Now, fast forward with me. You thought, man, we're going to be here a while. Well, I'm going to give you hope. We're going to go all the way to 2 Corinthians. Look at there. We already made it all the way to the middle of the New Testament. Trust me, we could have walked all the way through the Old Testament, but you can do that Bible study on a different time. That foundation is important for our understanding that what we're talking about today is not something that just became an idea in the mind of God in the last little bit. This was the plan of God from the beginning when he created mankind. Second Corinthians, I'd really like to read four chapters, but we're not. Everybody said amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church. And I want you to listen what he says. Hear the word of the Lord. Now thanks be unto God, which always, everybody say always, causes us to triumph in Christ. Who does he cause to triumph? Who? Who? When? 
Always. Do you triumph always? Ooh. So what's Paul? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. How many of you heard that verse before? Some of you? A lot of you? You know what? Most people quote what I just said, and that's where they stop. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. And they stop there. And that's why people don't always triumph. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. You step. You know what triumph sounds like to me? Victory. Dominion. Authority. Winning. I don't mean like in, oh, you're winning in this world. I'm talking about in in Christ. In Christ. Thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Watch, watch. This is so important. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, I have a pretty good nose. I'm not mean like pretty nose. I mean like I have a good I smell. I have a good smeller, a good sense of smell. There's the words I'm looking for. Man, I'm struggling there. I have a good sense of smell. All right. The other day we were gone and we came home and my one of my sons had bought this bouquet of flowers. Baby's breath. Thank you. They were in a vase there on the middle of the table, all white, filling the center of the table. I walked in the front door. I'm like, man, what does that smell? And I realized it's, a, it's, it's those flowers. I'll sit at the table and work. And I'm like, man, i got to pick that thing up and move it across the table. And even then, it doesn't matter. I, just, I told my wife, I said, it smells like baby's breath. Some of you moms know what I'm talking about. That's not a good smell. I was like, I, I got a good smeller. I just, right? I, I just pick stuff up. I, and, uh, but you know what? When something smells, I'm like, man, that's what's that? I love walking in the front door. My wife's fixing dinner, and I'm like, oh man, that smell. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, that smells good right there. Or I walk in, I go, oh yeah, that's ooey gooey butter cake in the oven. That smells pretty good. I got a good sense of smell. So watch, the writer, Paul, is addressing the church, and he's talking about a smell. A smell. You understand that your sense of smell is considered to be the strongest sense tied to memory. Did you know that? You can smell something, and it can immediately take you back to a time or a place. I'll never forget little short, funny story. I'll never forget we were in North Carolina when we were teenagers. My sister and I walked into an antique store with my aunt. And this antique store clearly had mothballs in places in there. My grandmother, back in Arkansas, she always kept mothballs in her closets. You know, back in the day, that's what they were for. So moths didn't get in your clothes and eat them. So she would always keep mothballs in her closet. And they have a very distinct smell, right, if you've ever smelled mothballs. And she would keep them in her dresser drawers. 
in her chest of drawers. We walked into this antique store, and my sister, without thought, blurted out, this store smells just like granny's drawers. Yeah. Just came out of her mouth. My aunt, uh, uh, my aunt took her by the hand. We turned and went right back out of the store. Why? Why was, what was that? The sense of smell immediately took her somewhere. Without even a thought, my sister remembered, right? So, now watch. This, this is important. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And, everybody say, and. Watch what he does. This is what God does in us. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by who? By who? By who? Whoa, 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 whoa. God manifests knowledge of himself by who? Us. There's an aroma that smells like God. And it manifests itself by us. Where? Where? I'm really trying to go slow. I really want to go fast right now, but I need to make sure this gets in our spirit. He makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. God chose. Do you, are you, you letting this? I would that this get a hold of us. God chose to manifest the knowledge of himself by us in every place. Watch verse 15. For we are. Everybody say we. We have to see ourselves in this scripture. Do you see that? Thanks be to God which causes us to triumph. The savor of the knowledge by us in every place. We are. There's something God's designed and determined and destined to do in, with, and through us. And the writer of Corinthians is trying to communicate to the church. God has a plan to reach into the world. But he's doing it through you. And he's equipped you, ordained you, destined you to use you. We are to God a sweet savor of Christ. Watch. In them that are saved and in them that perish. In other words, you come into the company of the body of Christ. The indwelling spirit of God is within you. You've been fellowshipping his spirit. It's a sweet savor to a brother and a sister. There's a communion. And they recognize it. It's recognizable. It's unity of the spirit. You and I come into the presence of a sinner. They may not understand why. But there's a savor. That's what the word says. In them that are saved. And in them that are perished. Watch. Verse 16, to the one, we are the savor of death unto death. And to the other, the savor of life unto life.
why is it sometimes people don't want you around? It's not you. It's the savor of death unto death that comes from fellowship with him and being in him. Now watch. Skip down. We're going to move a little quicker now. Skip down to chapter 3. Again, chapters man put there so we could find stuff. But Paul's writing a letter, and I want you to see this thread here in 2 Corinthians. Verse number 1. He's still writing on this concept of who we are. Verse 1, do we begin again to commend ourselves? Do we pat ourselves on the back? Or do we need, as others do, letters of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Anybody ever have a letter of commendation written for you, job reference? Right? You don't get a job reference. They say bad things about me. No, no, it's a letter of commendation. So Paul's asking this. Do we need letters of commendation to or from you? Watch what his response is to that. It's a assumed no. Why? Because verse 2, for you are our epistle or our letter written where? It's written in our hearts and it's known and read of who? All men. men. Savor in every place. A letter known and read of all men. Your life, when you and I are filled with the Spirit of God, it is a savor everywhere we go. When we are filled with and fellowship the Spirit of God, it is a letter by all men everywhere we go. This is the design of God when you're filled with His Spirit. He did not and does not baptize us with the gift of the Holy Ghost so we can sing, I've got it, I've got it. He fills us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we are a sweet savor unto God and we are a savor in every place we go. And He fills us with the Spirit of God so that when we go somewhere, people don't praise us, but we are a letter written that everybody's reading wherever we go. This is what the Spirit of God in us does. Watch verse 3. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ. Watch what this says in plain English. Manifest. That's revealed. Opened up. Shown. You are manifestly declared to be Christ's letter. You're not supposed to be your letter. I'm not supposed to be my letter. Yes, we're living letters read of men, but we're supposed, they're supposed to be reading Christ. Is that what it says? You are manifestly declared to be the epistle or the letter of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Everybody say, with the Spirit. Written with the Spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Skip down to verse 6. This is the working of the Spirit in us. Right? Because it's written with the Spirit of God. Verse 6. Who also hath made us. Say, hath made us. Who did this? He hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. I'm letting those words settle in your spirit. He hath made us, not by knowledge or intellect, by his spirit. That's what we read. Written on our hearts, on the fleshy tables of our heart, by the spirit of God. We just read that in verse number four or three. 
made us able ministers of the New Testament. When he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he made you an able minister. Well, I need to... I, I, I got all this studying I got to do. For, you should study. I should study. I, I don't know this yet. No, 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 no. When the Spirit of God filled your life, he made you a sweet saver. He made you a living letter. He made you an able minister. This is the word of the Lord. He made us able ministers of the New Testament. This is the design of God when he baptizes you and I with the Holy Ghost. Not so that we can do it in our own effort and our own ability. Not so that people look at us and go, oh, they're amazing. No, no, no. The saver is the saver of Christ. The letter is Christ's letter. The ministry is the ministry of Christ flowing through us. He made us able ministers. But of the spirit, not of the letter. See, this is where we fall into a trap. I don't know enough of the Bible yet. You should be digging in the word. We should ever be digging, learning, growing in the word of God. But that is not an excuse. I don't know enough of the Bible to be a minister yet. We can minister what we know. We can minister what is in us. I once was lost, but now I'm found. What did the blind man say when Jesus healed? He said, look, I don't know who did this for me, but what I know is I once was blind, but now I see. What was he doing? He was ministering what he knew. I may not be able to tell you how he did it. I may not be able to tell you why he did it. But what I do know is this. I could not see. I was blind. I had no sight. And this man named Jesus touched me. And when he touched me and spoke to me, blindness was removed. And I can't tell you a lot, but I can tell you this. I was blind and now I see. And isn't that a glorious thing? This is what the word is talking about. It's not a ministry of the letter. It's a ministry of the spirit. And when God has written on your heart with his hand on a fleshy table of the heart and filled you and I with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he has made us able ministers, not by our learning, by his spirit. The letter kills but the Spirit give it life. You show me somebody that just tries to minister the letter of the law, the letter of the word, the letter of the word. The... There's no love. It wears people out. They don't want to hear it. But when the Spirit's flowing, when the Spirit's flowing, you're filled with the Spirit. When you have been baptized in Jesus' name, your sins washed away, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling God lives within you. And you begin to open your mouth and speak. Bishop mentioned this to us the other day. You open your mouth and speak. It's this savor that comes out. It's this letter that reveals itself. It is this ministry of the New Testament. That doesn't mean minister the New Testament like, okay, somewhere between the book of Matthew and Revelation, I'm now going to minister from the New Testament. That's not what it means. It mean, you understand, the New Testament is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you become a minister of the New Testament, your life says, Hey, I was lost, but now I'm found. I found what it means to have the blood of Jesus applied to my life. You're ministering the New Testament to someone. That's what he's talking about. Sure, you can use the scripture. You probably should. That's a good idea. We definitely should. But we're able ministers. 
Who made us able ministers? Who made us able ministers? God. Oh, so your study and preparation, all that didn't make you an able minister. My study and preparation and my skill and ability didn't make me an able minister. See, we put so much attention, effort, and focus on our ability. What can I? Well, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure I'm ready. I don't know about. You know what? That tells me I'm leaning on my flesh. When he filled us with the Spirit, he made us able ministers. And you got to know, you remember this stuff we just read before? There's a sweet savor going before you. They've been reading your letter, the letter of Christ going before you. And then when you open your mouth, you got all that going. He did this. for He made us. Now, skip down. Man, I'm trying to hurry. There is so much here. You guys are going, what about Genesis 1? Just hold with me. I didn't forget Genesis 1. I'm glad you're still thinking about it. Verse 17, Gen- or 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now, what wrote on our hearts? God by His Spirit. Okay, so the Spirit. Now watch verse 17. You can read all those verses in between for homework tonight. Verse 17. Now the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord is that Spirit. Huh? The Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You see that? Now, we use that verse when we come into church and worship. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right? That's not what it's talking about. I have a question for you. If you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost... According to the scripture, evidence speaking in other tongues as his spirit gave you the utterance. Where is the spirit of the Lord? Where's that? Ha. In you. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. When you and I. And I don't know about you. I feel liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Adversary want to try to bind me up? Can't do it. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Job, circumstances of life want to try to suppress me? Can't do it. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Circumstances of life, pain, problems, and pressure want to try to weigh me down? Can't do it. The Spirit of the Lord is here. We need a revelation of who we are, how we've been created, what His plan for us is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Would we lay hold today on the Word of God? There is a sweet savor that comes from a Spirit-filled life. There is a letter of Christ that is read that comes from a Spirit-filled life. You and I are made by God as able ministers by the spirit of Christ God help us understand what we have when you have filled us with your spirit man I gotta hurry I'm gonna stop saying that help me Lord now the Lord is that spirit where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty verse 18 watch here you go in case you're wondering about Genesis 1 we're getting there right here but we all now he's writing to the church so he's saying all of us in the church but we all, everybody say all. all. Who's that include? Yep, you. You've been filled with the Spirit. This is you. But we all, with an open face, 
That means we're not hiding our face. We didn't take time to read it, but if you read from verses 13 down through 16, we read about when Moses went up to the mountain and the glory of God passed by, but God said, I'm not going to show you my glory. I'm going to hide you in this place and the rock beside me. When I pass by, I'm going to put my hand in front of your face. You're not going to see my glory. Why? It's not time for it to be revealed yet. Moses' day, it wasn't time for it to be revealed yet. Some of you getting ahead of me on that one right there. But I'm going to put you here. And so Moses, when he came down, just because he'd been around the glory of God, had to have a veil on his face because it shone. And the veil was there because the longer he was removed from the glory of God, his face began to shine less and less. The veil was there not to hide the shining glory of God. That's not what the scripture says. The veil was there so that people wouldn't see the diminishing glory of God. Does that make sense? The Lord said, put a veil over. I don't want them to see my glory diminishing in any way. Because his glory is not diminishing. It was just diminishing off of Moses' face. Does that make sense? That's what the veil was for. I remember as a kid being told this because his face shone so much they couldn't look at him. No, the scripture teaches us it was so that they wouldn't see the diminishing glory of God. Also so they wouldn't look on Moses as a man and assign the glory to a man. All right, so this is what he's talking about. But we all with an open face, we're no longer covering our face. We all with an open face beholding as in a glass. That's like in a mirror. Everybody look in a mirror, right? Beholding as in a mirror... What are we beholding as in a mirror? Whoo, you got that? Oh, hold on a minute. Beholding as in a mirror. That's what that word literally is, a mirror. The glory of the Lord. Hold on a minute. Who's looking in the mirror? Who is? Who? Do we all agree we're looking in the mirror? The church is looking in the mirror. We're not hiding our face, open face. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a mirror. What are we seeing when we look in the mirror? Not what are you seeing? What does the word say you're seeing? The what? Where? On whose face? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What does God intend for the world to see when they see mine in your face? But we all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Watch. We are changed. Into the same. What? Ah, there it is. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. How? Even as by the spirit of the Lord. You want to go back to Genesis 1 with me? You don't have to turn back there. Just stay with me. God created man in his own image. Why? That's why. 
He needed something to show his glory. And he's not going to let his glory show through anything other than his image. And so therefore he created you and I in his own image. Knowing there's going to come a day I'm going to put my glory on the church. Not just anybody. The church which I will be calling the body of Jesus Christ and I'll put my glory there so it's vital that I create man in my image because when the world looks on my church they're going to see the image of God and they're going to see the glory of God and I don't want them to see flesh I don't want them to see a man or a woman I want them to see the face of Jesus Christ and when they do that the world will look there will be a savor there will be a letter read there'll be able ministers and people will see the glory of God on the face of the church this is why he created you and I in his image It's the reason the writer of Hebrews spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ and said, He is the express image of the invisible God. And so we find this. We are changed into the same image. We see a restoration of that which was stolen in the garden. That which man gave up when he traded dominion to follow the God of this world. We see restoration. When you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling Spirit of God comes and lives within you and I. Verse 1, chapter 4. Again, man put the chapters there. The thoughts continuing. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This expression of the image of God on us. It's by the Spirit of God. Not our own works. Not our own doing. We can't dress it up enough. Make it look good enough. We can't do enough. It is the work of the Spirit of the Lord. That's what verse 18 says in chapter 3. Be careful in thinking I can make myself look good enough to express the image of God. I'm not telling you we should look like the world and just expect the image of You understand? But it's not something we do. I don't care if your sleeve's here, 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 here. That doesn't make the glory of God show up. It's the Spirit. You understand? Now, so he's continuing. I know there's a one because we started a new chapter, but it's the same letter. Watch. Therefore. Therefore what? Therefore seeing that we're created like this. Therefore seeing that the glory of God is being beheld. Therefore, seeing we have... Who has this ministry? Who has it? We. You see God's plan here? You see it? He always causes us to triumph. The savor of His knowledge is by us in every place. We are unto God a sweet savor. Right? The epistle of Christ is declared by us. God has made us able ministers. We behold our face and see the glory of the Lord. We're changed. Seeing we have this ministry. We have this ministry. If you haven't, and I haven't figured out, that God from the beginning of time planned to use us to manifest His glory, you're not even reading this book. We can't produce it. We can't make it happen. But this is the plan of God for you and I. You're not going to earn it. 
You're not going to produce it in your efforts and ability and works. It's going to be a result of the Spirit of God as you and I yield to His Spirit. Obviously, it starts with repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost. But that's only the birth. That's just the beginning. And then when we're filled with the Spirit, this is the plan of God. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, skip all the way down to verse 3. If you're getting nervous, we're getting close. Watch verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, I have a question for you. Whose gospel is it? It's not what that says. You said it's his. That's not what the word says. Whose gospel is it? See, there's the challenge. It's not his gospel. He is the gospel. It's our gospel. In other words, it's our responsibility to share it. See, Paul, when he was writing, he took ownership of the gospel. It's our gospel. In one place, Paul said, there is a dispensation, a segment of time. There is a dispensation of the gospel that's committed to me, he said. And he said, woe be unto me if I don't preach the gospel. He understood who he was. He understood how he'd been made. And he was conveying to the church, you've been made in his image. He put his living spirit inside of you. The indwelling spirit of God. God that created all of the universe dwells in you. And he did so so he can manifest himself through you. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, that's the one that we read in, first, in Genesis, right? He's the one that came and blinded Adam and Eve and got them to give up their dominion. The God of this world's blinded the minds of them that would believe not, or them which believe not. Hear me, if somebody believes, if somebody believes, that's the only door we need. That's the only door we need. Well, I don't know how much they believe. I don't know what they believe. Just as long as they believe there's a God. As long as they believe there's a God, then I can pray the word of God. See, he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. But if they believe, Scripture leads me to believe that their mind cannot be blind can be unblind the blinded ones are the ones that don't want to believe but you give me somebody that believes there's a God I don't care where they're at on their journey as long as they believe there's a God see the adversary would blind their minds why watch why the adversary blinds the mind lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is Who's Christ? Who is the image of God should shine to them. 
Who is the image of God? The Lord Jesus Christ, would we agree with that? Hebrews, he is the express image of the invisible God. Who is the body of Jesus Christ? We are. The God of this world's blinded the minds of those that believe not. But hear me. Those that believe, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. This is why we were created in his image. In Genesis 1, he did it with a purpose. He created man in his image. Male and female created he them. He did it in his image because he knew they're going to reflect me to the world. See, we want to make it all about all this learning, all this knowledge, all this intellect so that I can be equipped to when he filled you and I with the spirit. We begin to yield to the spirit. You understand he's been setting this up all along. And there is a world that is crying out. There is a valleys that are filled with people that have a belief in God, but they are unfulfilled. I'm not trying to call anybody out. You understand? But I, I see Jose and his family here today. Jose believed in God. Is that true? He believed in God. The Lord just wanted to bring him more revelation. And so what happened? Something happened to his daughter, Sandra. And the image of Christ began to be revealed. What is that? That's the image of the invisible God through the church, his body. This is a savor that comes. I don't understand the savor that's here, but something is attracting me. And there's a letter. I'm reading something in this individual's life that's revealing something to me about Christ that I didn't know before. What did they do to produce that? Didn't do anything to produce that. Simply let the Spirit of God fill their heart. And the Spirit of God begin to minister and manifest through a life. This is his plan for you and I. This is why being baptized with the Holy Ghost is so beautiful. See, we've made it about, Lord, help him to see you. And he's saying, I'm trying. You're the one. Help him to see you. That's what I want to pray, but I have to understand. He's going to reveal himself through you and I. Not from some effort of my own. The work of his spirit. How did the glory of the Lord get on Moses' face? He got in the presence of God. You can read it in Exodus 34. When God said he was going to pass by, this scripture has been in my heart for the last month. God said, there is a place beside me. I found myself praying that verse and saying, God, I want to be in that place beside you. Moses got in that place beside God. And when he got in that place, the glory of the Lord showed up. And he wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, let's finish reading. In case you're wondering about this, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, 
but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servant, for Jesus' sake. He says, we're preaching Christ. Our lives, because of who we are, we're preaching. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, what has he done? He has shined in our hearts. Why did he shine in our hearts? He shined in your heart and mine to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? He shined into your heart and mine with purpose, not to say, I filled them with my spirit. He did it so that the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ could be seen. Where? Through the one whose heart he shined into. He commanded the light to shine out of darkness. When he put his light, his spirit in you, what did John say? John 1 and 1, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That was when Christ was walking the earth. Christ ascended so that he could come again and dwell within us. The light is still meant to shine out. How? Through the body of Jesus Christ. You're not producing any of this. I'm not producing any of this. I've just been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now wherever I go, if I've been fellowshipping Him, there is a savor. There's a letter being read. I'm an able minister. You're an able minister. There's a light shining out into the darkness. This is why you and I were created in His image. It wasn't just to... I, I know you're getting it. It's just like in me like fire here. You were created in his image. Do you get that? Are you here? You were created in the image of God. With the purpose, design, and destiny of the world seeing the glory of God through you. He created you with that divine purpose in mind. And so the adversary said, if I can steal dominion from them, if I can get them to give up dominion, I can destroy the plan of God. And he thought he did when they got expelled from the garden. But God said, I've got another plan. I've got another plan. He said, the serpent of bruise, the heel of the woman. But the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. He had a plan, and so the Lord Jesus came as an example to us, but he left so he could dwell in us so that he could manifest his You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. See, we read these scriptures like, oh, God's going to make his light shine. He is through you. Oh, God's going to make a sweet aroma. He is through you. Oh, people are going to see and know the word of God. They are through you. Through you. Do you see? This is the plan of God. This is why he made you and I in his image. Not so people would look at us and go, man, you're handsome. 
No. So they would see him. So they would see him. Watch. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Why did Paul say not of us? Because he's been saying all these things, helping the church to understand this is going to happen with you, in you, through you. God's going to manifest himself through you. But you just got to know all of this is a result of the treasure that's in you and the power that's manifest, the excellency of the power that's being manifest. It's going to happen through you, but you just got to know you're just a vessel. But you should expect it to be happening through you as the vessel. This body is simply the vessel through which the Spirit of God has chosen to go in the earth. It seems so confining to me. I can't imagine that. It's because we think in the natural. But if you just look across this room and you multiply the number of people in this room filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we get up and we go out of here in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God goes out into the valleys. And the savor goes out. The letter of Christ goes out into the valley. This is the plan of God. Would you stand with me? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Watch. Verse 8. We're troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. What is he talking about? Earthen vessel, treasure. Earthen vessel, treasure. Watch. The earthen vessel, this body. If you can go back to verse number eight. It's troubled on every side. You ever have one of those days? Amen? Had one of those weeks. Troubled on every side. That's the vessel. But the spirit? Earthen vessel? We're perplexed. But the spirit? Not in despair. Verse 9. Earthen vessel persecuted. Spirit knows. Not forsaken. Earthen vessel cast down. Oh, but by the spirit. Not destroyed. Earthen vessel. The Spirit manifests through the life. Ezekiel wrote of a wheel in the middle of a wheel and how this moved everywhere. And it started, it was in the, it was in the temple. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The earth and this wheel in the middle of the wheel started, if you read the book of Ezekiel, it was in the temple. But before long, you read a little further in Ezekiel and it was over on the mountain of God. It was out of the temple. It wasn't even in the temple anymore. And then, then we see this wheel in the middle of the wheel, this box that's got eyes looking everywhere. We see it lifting up into the heavens, and we see it moving to and fro. What in the world is going on? 
on, you read Ezekiel like, man, you're crazy. I can't comprehend any of that. I need like 50 commentaries just to understand one verse. <laughs> what was it? Here, I don't know much about Ezekiel, but I know this. The wheel in the middle of the wheel, it was a transport for the glory of the Lord. And he was speaking to Israel, his people, and trying to help them understand the glory of the Lord is not stagnant. It doesn't stay in one place, but it sees everywhere. And you can't confine it to the temple. Because I'm going to take my glory and I'm going to move it out of the temple. Your earthly man-made temple. And I'm going to move it. And there's a reason it went to the mountain of the Lord. The scripture says in one place that the mountain of the Lord was filled with His glory. And all nations flowed to it. It wasn't a physical place. It was the glory of the Lord that all nations flowed to. Where is the glory of the Lord revealed? In the face of Jesus Christ. We are created in His image. And there is a day and an hour in which we live. I'm We live in the hour right now. I believe we are stepping into it by the power and the ordained timing of God. Whereas we fellowship Him and the glory of the Lord is revealed through the body of Jesus Christ in the church. All nations will flow to it. To where? To the glory of the Lord. All nations will flow. You say, how do I go out and reach somebody? You fellowship Jesus. You spend time with Him. You let the Spirit of God that's within you be stirred up. And something begins to happen. A savor goes forth. A letter of Christ is read. You're an able minister. And this treasure in earthen vessels goes. And people are drawn to the glory of the Lord. Notice verse 10. This is why Paul said this. Always bearing about in the body. What is the body? The body is the vessel. It's just the vessel. But it's the vessel in which the glory of the Lord is transported. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what is it? Always bearing about in this body, this earthen vessel, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why is this earthen vessel always? That doesn't mean, oh, always killing the flesh, always killing the flesh. should be doing that. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm always bearing about the gospel. Why? So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. Where? Where? Where's the life of Jesus going to be made manifest? In our body. You are created in his image. So that the life of Jesus can be made manifest, revealed, shown through your body. It's why you had to be made, and I had to be made in His image. Can I read five, six more verses really fast? Second Corinthians 5, verse 14. 
read all these chapters, three, four, and five, okay? You can read them all. I'm just giving you highlights. You guys may not feel like highlights, but that's what this is. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, or we've thus decided, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. This is what the love of God, when we're filled with the Spirit of God, the love of God constrains us. That means it urges, it compels us, it empowers us. So we're responding to the love of God. We can't just, right? It constrains us because we've decided that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Verse 15. And he died for all. Why? That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but should live unto him which died for them and rose again. Skip down to verse 17. Therefore, or as a result of, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation made in his image. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things. Everybody say all things. All things are become new. Verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He brought us back into right relationship with him. God did that. Divided in the garden, but he brought us back into right relationship with him by Jesus Christ. And hath, watch. Jesus died for you and I. Shed his blood to bring us back in right relationship with God. You understand that? But watch what he did when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. And he hath given to who? He hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave you the ministry. He gave it to you. To be able to reach to someone that believes. And to do exactly what Jesus Christ did. To restore them to right relationship with God. Is that what it says? He hath given to us. This is why you're created in his image. Not so people can look at you and I and say, oh man, they really, they're the ones that brought. No, it was the face of Jesus Christ manifested through the body of Christ. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us. We must see who we are. We must see what his plan is. He has committed to us, the, the word of reconciliation. Now then, last verse here. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. Here's what Paul said. We are ambassadors. So that when we reach and speak to someone that doesn't know him or isn't in relationship with him. It's as though God reached to them and spoke to them by us. Remember Bishop making that statement about opening your mouth and people hearing and this is what he's talking about. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you fellowship his spirit 
And now you open your mouth. You didn't mean to. But what's happening? God by us is reaching and reconciling. God by us is shining forth into darkness. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be reconciled to God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray revelation and understanding of who we are in you. Of what it means to be created in your image. To be created in the image of God. With purpose, with design, with destiny. Ordained of God to reveal yourself to this world through your church. When he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he had a plan. When he made you, he had a plan. It hasn't changed. It's still the same. To reveal himself to the world through you. To be a saver, to be a letter, an able minister. The glory of the Lord revealed. I remind you before you go as you're talking to him. The instruction of the Lord from Genesis did not change. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. And I give you dominion. To Adam and Eve, it was natural. To you and I, it's spiritual. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. How are you fruitful? Fellowship with the Father. Fellowship with your Maker. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Take dominion. This is the plan of God for the church and the spiritual. It's why He created us in His image. Herein is your Father glorified. That you what? Anybody finish that verse? Put you on the spot. That you bear much Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. I give you dominion. When you're filled with the Spirit of God and you're brought back into right relationship with God, as the body of Jesus Christ, we fulfill Genesis 1 spiritually when we walk in the calling of God. Amen. I know it's been a long teaching today, but I am trusting and believing by the word of God that there is impartation and understanding and revelation of who you are. Read those three chapters at least, please. Second Corinthians. Watch. It says by us, through us, to us, with us, in us. And it's all talking about Christ and the image of God and the glory of the Lord and This is why we were created in His image. Amen. Would you thank the Lord with me before we go today? Jesus, in your holy name. 
Jesus in your holy name. We receive of you today. We receive of you today. I pray revelation of who we are in Christ. Revelation of who we are in Christ. Revelation of who we are in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. You're riding upon our heart by the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he's desiring to manifest himself to the world. He's desiring to manifest himself to the world. And he's going to manifest himself through you and I. This is the desire of God to reveal himself to the world. On your job, in your home where it need be. He's desiring to manifest himself. And he's equipped you already. He's been going before you. The savor, the letters, all these things. He's desiring to manifest himself to the world. And the world is desiring for him to manifest himself. That's why in Romans we read, the creature or creation groans, waits with earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. We're not waiting on God. The world is waiting on us to know who we are and to allow the glory of God to be made manifested. They're waiting with earnest expectation. In Jesus' name, God, I pray your word be sealed in every heart. I pray revelation and understanding as this word has its work in us. And let your glory be revealed. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name.